Artism Podcast, where we explore creativity, inspiration, and the determination it takes to be an artisan. This podcast is for artisans, by artisans. I'm your host, Kathy Duraghi, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to our next guest. My guest today is Cherry Lau, the creative director and co-founder of Citizen Best, a boutique international brand marketing agency. Cherry and I know each other from the Entrepreneurs Organization, and um, I've always been impressed by her uh, creativity and wanted to have her on the podcast to talk a little bit about inspiration and the determination to be an artisan. Cherry draws her design inspiration from different cultures and traditions and everyday beauty. She's a collaborator first and foremost and brings inspiring solutions and guides to clients uh, on, a, on a daily basis and really following through on every step of the creative process. Outside of work, Cherry can be found at a local dance studio immersing herself in another form of self-expression. I'd love to welcome Cherry here to hear all about her origin story and what inspires her on a daily basis. Hi, Cherry. Thank you so much for joining me on the Artisan Podcast. Welcome. Hi, Katty. Thanks for having me here today. So good to be here. Absolutely. Um, I wanted you to be on this call. You know, I've obviously been familiar with Citizen Best's work and wanted to have an opportunity to speak to the creatives out there that we work with, the artisans that we work with, to really share, um, you know, a variety of variety of things. Really, more importantly, I think than anything else, is to you know, recognize where we are at this particular moment in time with what's happening with the pandemic, and be able to circle back on you know, how we each have started in our paths, because for a lot of people, this is a starting point again for them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to first and foremost kind of start with you in terms of how did you start in your creative path and how did you know that this is something you wanted to do as a career? Um, you know, for me, growing up, I've always gravitated toward art. Um, I would spend a lot of time with coloring books to keep myself busy. And at the age of 14, I moved to the States alone to study abroad and I didn't really speak English. So during my high school year, the high school counselor filled my school year with mostly activity classes like Mm. art, theater and choir because she didn't think that I could keep up with the academic side of things given the language barrier and all. At the time, I was really upset about not being treated equally and being defined by limitations. You know, I wanted to do what other kids were doing, right? I wanna, I wanted to do the same thing like what other kids were doing. So just to give you a little bit more context too, like back in my hometown in Bangkok, that's where I'm from, um, I've always been the outspoken one, right? So the limitations that come with the language barrier was not easy to navigate around. So in hindsight, having art and design as an entry point to a whole new world during the cultural transition was one of the things that I could hang on to. 
And I think that was the start of my pursuit as a creative. So from there, I continue to keep myself busy with art. I enter fine art scholarship competition. Um, I won, and I attended the Ryman Arts Program at USC, which was founded by Herbert Ryman, who was the illustrator that helped Walt Disney create illustrations for Disneyland, right? And mm. really help him realize that vision through through art. Um, so that program happened while I was going to high school. You know, every day I would spend um, many hours. I think I would spend roughly about 30 to 40 hours a week drawing every day after oh, school. Wow. On top of school, right? So it was a lot. It was pretty mm -hmm. intense. But it kept me out of trouble because I have no time to do anything else. I would just draw all day long. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of lifestyle. And I quickly realized that I'm really terrible at drawing people and portraits. But I could draw lifestyle really well. So when it was time for college, I knew I wanted to be in art. Um, but I didn't know how to navigate around that world. Um, I remember telling my aunt, who I was living with at the time, I held beautifully designed package in front of her and said, this is what I wanted to do. Like this. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what this is called, but I want to make things look beautiful like this as I'm pointing different panels of the package, right? Little that I knew I was describing graphic design, packaging design. That term never existed in my vocabulary. Like, I had no idea it was a profession. I was never exposed to to it. Um, so with some guidance, I applied to the Art Institute of Los Angeles. Luckily, no SAT required. <laughs> um, I entered a graphic design scholarship competition without any proper graphic design training. I submitted a lot of the still life drawing work that I did through the art programs. And I created a collection of self-taught Photoshop conceptual poster. I, I think I created like a movie poster or a perfume advertisement poster that I just came up with. And turned out I, I, I won and I was awarded a full rise scholarship for a three-year bachelor program. Um, I was really fortunate that I had that experience and that opportunity. You know, I was super grateful for that opportunity and never took a day for granted. Um, I continue to then learn and hone my skills as a designer because I know with language barrier, if I don't pay attention, I'm going to fall behind, right? So, uh, so I think that really pushed me to focus and hone my skill. Um, then I started working from very bottom of the design career and slowly working my way up with no shortcuts at all. And if anyone out there listening, like students that are curious about what I meant by no shortcuts and what I meant by bottom of design career, I'm happy to share that insight. <laughs> um, so that, so overall, that was the foundation of my design journey. Oh, I love it. I mean, first of all, you're talking about hard work, 30 to 40 hours <laughs> a week, drawing every day is no joke, right? On top of yeah. schoolwork. So um, clearly there's a, there was a passion for it um, and also kind of a recognition that 
you know, I don't know if it's a recognition of practice making perfect, but it's a recognition that hard work will get you to where you want to go. So that's, that's pretty amazing. And, um, yeah, no, for sure. And secondly, clearly the talent was there. It doesn't just, you know, talent without hard work really doesn't get you anywhere because there are plenty of talented people. If they don't put the hard work behind it, it's just, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't showcase it. So the fact that you were able to marry the two of them together, um, Phenomenal and such amazing schools, both Art Institute and USC. Both of them have such strong programs to be able to kind of hone in on your skill. Yes, I was really fortunate to to have had that opportunity, you know, and and also be surrounded by other students and seeing their work. And I think the key thing too is trying to find fun, right? I, I I had fun doing it. Yes, it was a lot of hard work. But I didn't at the time. I didn't think of it that way. I think of it as, oh, let me try this. You know, I'm curious about trying out this technique. Wow, I suck at this. You know, well, let's make it better next time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how? What was the impetus then? From you know, it's one thing to have a job as a designer, and it's a whole another thing to say, okay, this is the career that I'm selecting to be in. And then to say, okay, not only is this a career that I'm starting in, I'm starting a business in, mm-hmm. in, in this field, you know, kind of making that move. Although I think all artists that have to, you know, chase a, chase a job, you know, they have that entrepreneurial spirit in them. But to move that from that to an agency is, you know, something had to drive you to get there. What, what was yeah. that impetus for entrepreneurship? So. I'll go into my background a little bit because I think that helped maybe help you understand why. So since I was a little girl, right, I knew I wanted to have my own business. I grew up in entrepreneurial household. My parents were immigrants from Hong Kong to Thailand. Um, they too had language limitations. So they had to create opportunities for themselves with limited education, limited, very little connections that they had. Um, so with the language barrier, that didn't really stop them. They just roll up their sleeve mm-hmm. and make things work. So that, I think, has a lot, a huge significant um, influence on me and on who I am today and my approach in a lot of things. Um, after 10 years of working on the agency side and later on transition into the in-house creative within a large corporation, I was ready for a change. I've I felt like I've experienced both ends of the creative spectrum firsthand, and I was ready to pave my way. That is when I started Citizen Best, a boutique international brand marketing agency where we helped our clients from diverse industry tell their visual story and build meaningful connections with their customer. And that's what I really enjoy. So right now, my time is sort of split between working on the business and working in the business creating whether I create the graphic myself or mentoring designers and working with um, extended team of talents creative directing the team wearing multiple hats <laughs> you know um, I, I the one thing I do miss though I haven't been drawing as much so my drawing skill has really taken the backseat. I I think it was a skill that got me here and doesn't really serve me in the same way anymore. (laughs) 
Or like Marshall Goldsmith says, you know, in his book, what got you here won't get you there. So true. That's right. Got you here, you know, and maybe here now you can kind of go on your own fuel. Right. And on that point, right, that's why we need to keep evolving and keep improving and learning new things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where we are at such an interesting time right now. I know it's been a financially difficult time for many, many people. So many amazing, amazing artists and talent, um, you know, creatives out of work, you know, Mm -hmm. just because of what is happening in our, in our world. Um, what can you share with with them in terms of just you know starting back up or you know just to kind of not let uh, adversity get the best of them? Um, any feedback or uh, experience that you great. can share there? Yeah, absolutely, great question, Katy. Obviously, it's on everybody's mind. Um, first of all, for me, I, I see adversity failure or any downturn as a learning opportunity, right? I'm a big believer in that I have a choice to choose and decide what I want to do in every situation that I'm in. So with every failure or hard time, I decided to take the lesson that I learned with me and leave everything else behind that didn't really value me. Mm. Um, Every day, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to kind of redo things and try things again, right? And I, I think that helps me the most is the attitude around how lucky am I to have the freedom and the opportunity to choose and pave my own way, pave my own path. When there are so many people out there that are under really difficult circumstances that don't even have the privilege to do so. You know, I still have to work very hard to create opportunity, just like a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people are experiencing to bounce back from um, all the lesson learned, but I know I'll do it better next time. So it's no big deal. If today is hard, you pause and you take a deep breath and then you do it better tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, we're definitely all pausing for sure. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great pause. Right. Were you ever fired or laid off yourself um, in the course of your career? Of course. Yes, yes, I have. I I think it's more like when my design contract ended, the opportunity really, it didn't extend into a full-time position, but it was okay. It wasn't the right fit um, to begin with. So I kind of learned from that experience and see like, okay, is this the area that I want to go into? What were some of the value that I learned and what don't I want to do? Because that's that's just as important, right? Is knowing what you don't like and what you're not good at and what it, what are some of the things that you shouldn't be focusing on. Yeah. It's so hard to see it at the time when you're in it, right? It's Absolutely. Just, when you can step back from it, is, uh, it's so valuable. So I'm yeah. curious, you know, with kind of what's going on now, uh, what uh, – what can you share with those, you know, with somebody who's in it and can't see it for themselves right now? You mean for people who might be um, affected by the downturn? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, like you said, right? It's it's hard to see it when you're in it, and I think 
it's more important now than ever that we take a pause. And I, I know that the pandemic is kind of forcing us in a pause state, but but be intentional about it. Really take the time, carve out the time to reflect on why you do what you do, right? Take the time to declutter all the unnecessary to make room for what is most important in your life. For me, is what is most important in my life and my business. Um, I feel like we were all running a mile a minute before this whole thing happened and the world was moving really quickly. So that's what I would encourage people. And that's what I tell myself all the time is, let's just try to see a glimpse of positivity during this downturn, right, as a way to reset. And this is the analogy that I, I think of sometime, and then I'll, I'll share this with you. It, imagine that you're running a race, you know, a, let's say a cross-country marathon through the countryside, and you're so focused on your goals and the outcome and nothing else matter. All of a sudden, your leg cramped up terribly, right? And, and you can't run anymore. So what do you do? You can't move. You have no choice but to look up. And what do you do then? Instead of focusing on the outcome or maybe focusing on the, the downturn or adversity or focusing on the finish line, um, you get a chance to take a look with a new perspective. You know, maybe you scan through what's around you. Um, and take a breath and try to enjoy with what you have. And next thing you know, you might realize that you're seeing, you identify a new opportunity that's sitting right in front of you, right? That you haven't seen before. Yeah. 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 So I would say pause. It's okay to pause. It's okay to take mm -hmm. a break, slow down, take a look around and this moment will pass and we will all be okay. Are you a runner yourself? I I use that analogy. Yeah. I did run. I did. Um, I I went through a period of my life where I ran a lot and I ran multiple races and working my way from like five k to ten k to a half marathon. And then I was like, you know what? I did have. I might as well do a full marathon. So I trained alone to do um the first full San Francisco marathon, which was terrible idea because you know all the hills. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so I did my full marathon. I gave myself six months to train for it. Um, I did it, and I haven't really run ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the goal. <laughs> I'm like, I got it. I got the experience. I'm going to take, like, four-year pause. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so now when I go out and run around the block, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm so exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But it's yeah. so true, though, when you do have that end goal, sometimes that's the only thing you can see. And to be able to just to take a moment and reflect, it's so important. Right. And, you know, like that, I think five years ago, before I started Citizen Fest, you know, I was dabble into different business ideas. You know, I was mm -hmm. trying to focus on, okay, I want to start a business. What do I want to do? Right. So I, I was focusing too much on, innovating and different ideas to the point where I forgot what I'm good at is branding and marketing and creative. And I was so burnt out where I was mentally, mentally just forced to 
pause, right? Hit that pause and reset. And that's when I realized I'm like, I've been seeking things outside of me all along for the last two years prior, right? At, at that time. And the thing that was sitting in front of me that was so close to my skill set, things that I do every day, I was so oblivious to it. And when I had that aha moment, that was when I decided I'm going to start an agency. And it, it makes sense, you know? Yeah, right under your nose and you weren't- Right under my nose. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Which I think brings us back to this moment again, where um, I think you, you force yourself to take a pause. And now that pause is going to have been forced on everyone. So it's a mm -hmm. good time- good time for people to, as difficult as it may be, to just really reflect on what is it that they want from their career? Were mm -hmm. they happy when they were doing what they were doing right before this happened? Yeah. You know, and, or, and these are things that we hear all the time, right? Like if you listen to talks or watch different um, sessions of all of the expert talking, everybody always advise and say, take a pause, you know, slow down, breathe. breathe, but it does work. It really works. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. And oftentimes I think I'm already doing it, but in reality, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it or I'm not doing it in the way that I should have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when, uh, when you did take that pause and you've discovered that, you know, this is the business that you want to start and this is where you want to go, um, obviously, as a creative and as an entrepreneur, you know, there's hurdles along the way and there's feedback and criticism along the way from diff diff different places. Um, mm -hmm. Welcomed or not, they sometimes just come. Right? <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you handle that? And how, what would you say to someone who is, you know, is so, uh, I guess, their sense of what they're doing is so tied up with their creative that they have a hard time separating the two. Mm -hmm. I personally prefer direct constructive feedback because I think it's efficient and it's productive, right? I don't like to beat around the bush. Um, constructive though, constructive feedback. Um, I try to remove the emotion out of it it's not about me as a designer. It's about the problem that I'm solving and the people that I'm solving for. So if the client comes to me and say, I don't like something, right? You know, if he or she doesn't like something, I would say, great, then tell me more about what you don't like about it so I can make it better. So I think, I think we all have to remember what is our role as designer? Now, if you're designing to create art from an artistic perspective, sure, you're going to have a lot of personal point of view. You're creating art for yourself that you're putting out in the world. But if you are a designer um, working on clients' problem, a solution, your role at that point, you're not an artist. You're a problem solver, mm. right? So that's how I look at it. It's not about it's not about me. It's not about my skills. So if someone say they don't like something, it's not a reflection that I suck as a, as a designer. It just means that maybe we're not looking at the right approach or the right way to solve that particular problem. 
So you're a visual problem solver. Is what you yes, yeah. I think so. I, I think over time I, I realized that I'm not so much of an artist where give me a blank canvas and I can create um, beautiful art. You know, it's interesting see, see, realizing that of myself too, given that I, I had the fine art background, right? But I know that I'm much more, I get more fulfillment working with people, helping them solving problem and using visuals design as a way to bring their vision to life. So to me, art is a tool to help bridge that communication gap. Ah, lovely. Beautifully said, um, especially in the, in, the, in the space that we are in, you know, the, the type of talent that we place or the type of business that you do. In some instances, it's corporate communication. It's, it's commercial. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is, there's a message that we're, you know, that the artist is trying to put out there or brand is trying to put out there. So to how to properly communicate that is really yeah. critical. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to your question earlier, where you're asking about what to do, how to see the opportunity during downturn, you know, that might be one thing that people want to look at is figure out what is your role as a designer? Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be an artist or do you want to be a designer? And if you're a designer, what kind of problem do you want to solve? Right? What kind of value do you want to create in the community around you? At least that's how I look at it. I love that. What, what what did you learn along the way as you've kind of started on this career trajectory for yourself? Um, what are the lessons learned? My God, there's so many. There's so many, but I'm going to focus on the three things. <laughs> I think the three things that comes to mind for me would be um, you shouldn't assume that everyone knows and understand what you do. Right. Oftentimes we look at things through our own lens and we assume that other people have the same understanding. They don't. Don't assume. (laughs) And another thing would be there is no right or wrong. There are only different perspectives. Hmm. I like that. So I, I think I realized that through years of going through the peaks and valleys from a personal perspective or in the design when I was uh, an employee and now as the uh, founders of agency. So there's just different perspective and, and that's where collaboration comes in, right? And lastly would be, you can choose to handle things efficiently and simply, or you can choose to make it complicated you have the right to choose, you know, the same problem. Like, which which way do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of us complicate things for sure. Right? For sure, yeah. So on that note, then, when you hire someone, um, do you hire them looking at their problem-solving capabilities? Do you look at, do you hire them from a culture fit, from a skills perspective? What's important to you? To me, my aspirations for Citizen Best is I want to build a company that people 
one day when they leave, they can say that that was the best place to work. So when I look at people to um, join our team, I think culture fit is important. Culture fit is the top priority because I think skills can be taught, right? You can hone your skills through practice without assuming if you have talents that come with it, Mm -hmm. right? Talent is a little harder to teach, um, but skill can be taught. Technical skill can be taught, can be trained. Culture fit is important. You know, one thing we say around our company at Citizen Best, we we often say (laughs) we're Citizen Best, so no Citizen asshole allowed. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, culture fit. And, And also, you know, Team player, responsible, collaborative with good attitudes are, are important too, mm-hmm. right? Because we, we're a small team by design and someone that fits well within our culture that can um, we can have fun collaborate with um, is important. You know, I, I think those are top of mind for us. How did you go about creating culture? Was there a particular path you took yourself down um, on to be able to figure out what was important to you as a business owner? And how do you then qualify for that when you're interviewing someone? You know, that's well, I'm still working on it. I don't think I have all the answer for it, but I think sometimes Sometimes it's about taking risks, right? Like I, I, when I assess people, a lot of it is gut feeling too. So that's why mm-hmm. I said it's it's hard to um, um, to explain what are some of the steps. But I think communications um, during the interview process and getting their insights on how they approach projects before, you know, how they overcome adversity, how they deal with challenges, how they deal with criticism, and and hearing the candidate um, responses and and point of view, that helped me sort of get a sense if this person could be the right fit. Mm -hmm. And can they um, coexist with the team that's already existed within our company, right? Um, Luckily, everyone on our team is super easygoing. And we have a very transparent um, culture, which means like, you know, we communicate on a regular basis. We, we um, appreciate direct feedback. I ask my employee all the time to give me feedback as a leader, what I do well, what I don't do well, how I can improve. And the same thing, right? As same approach, like I'm giving them feedback as well, but constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. So it's really embracing the 360 degree of transparency, clear communications, and treat everyone the way you want to be treated. Respect. It really comes down to that respect, yeah. trust, and respect mm-hmm. is important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to know before we change, I have a, speaking of trust and respect, I have a question to ask you later <laughs> on about uh, the entrepreneurs organization that we both belong to. Um, however, before I go there, just um, as a, to kind of wrap up this section of our conversation, what are, what are some things that you wish you had known 
as you started in your path? Hmm. That's a hard question for me because I feel like everything I have experienced up to date, I, in hindsight, I felt like I I knew and experienced things in the right place and at the right time. So, you know, I, I kind of appreciate how the universe is unfolding all these lessons and circumstances to me at a certain place at a certain time, right? With that said, I don't really feel like I would wish to know what I didn't know before, earlier, mm -hmm. because it might not matter to me then. I'm, I might not see the, the same value that I'm seeing mm -hmm. now. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that so reminds I, me. Yeah. I can't imagine it any other way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it reminds me of uh, the speaker that I heard in EO. I don't know if you were part of the same um, same webinar with her. Uh, Susan James, where she said that the test comes before the lesson. Mm, yes, I remember that. Yeah. That was wonderful. Yeah, I love but, that line. Yeah, I go back to that line often, especially, you know, now. I'm like, you know what? This is the test and the lesson, yes. you know, yeah, the lesson's coming. Yes. I think the key to that, too, is be alert, right? Like, mm -hmm. you have to just be aware and keep your uh, eyes and ears open and pay attention, you know, and, and take in all these experiences and reflect along the way because mm -hmm. you don't want to miss out on valuable lessons that you learn. And yeah, yeah, I, I, I really like that line that resonates yeah. with me a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I know that diversity and inclusion are very important to you. Uh, tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing as a volunteer for the entrepreneurs organization around this particular topic. Yes. So I'm serving on the board as the um, diversity and inclusion, um, volunteering my times to really create space for women entrepreneurs within our organizations to come together. Because I feel like there's a lot of conversations that are happening um, especially during the business downturn. And we as women entrepreneurs really need a platform, um, a place where we can openly connect, right? Sharing experiences, um, the ups and downs, and whether it's personal life or business or just having great connections and keep each other in mind in terms of business opportunities and ideas. I think that is really powerful and, and needed in, in every community. And you yourself are doing amazing job leading and championing on the global perspective. So I'm excited to be um, working with you on that too, Katty. Yeah, it, it's fun. And it's also, I think that um, it's so good to give back. Right. It's, uh, it just takes us out of ourselves when we get, get to give back and help somebody else. So, right. And one thing I realized, one thing I realized too is, you know, I'm, as I'm holding the uh, space, right, I would organize um, some meetups. It all started with like casual meetups with a small group of, of women entrepreneur, you know, 10 or 15 of them. And just being in that space and witnessing and hearing all of the conversations are happening, I realize I'm getting insights that I haven't thought of before, right? It really expands my horizon. 
as a person and as a business owner. And oftentimes we don't know what we don't know. And you hear this a lot within um, entrepreneur <laughs> network. We don't know what we don't know. So I don't know what to ask the question about things that I don't know. So hearing other people talk about all these things really spark interest and helps me to kind of go back and look at my personal problems and business problems and find new approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, reminds me, um, and I always, I think, just makes the point of it's so important to have a community and have a tribe. So for... Mm-hmm any of the artists out there, you know, if they're especially now working from home and if they're a solopreneur and they don't really have uh, someone to talk to or bounce ideas off of, it's so important to be part of an organization or to find a a meetup or find a group or an association to be able to collaborate and ideate and just know that you're not by yourself. You're not alone, that you may be working, you may be working by yourself, but you're not alone. And that there's a lot of collaboration available. Absolutely. And I can speak to that on a personal level too, before I join um, these organizations and volunteer my time, I was pretty much kind of just doing my thing, right? Organization is not really part of my jam (laughs) to begin with. But I wanted to try something else. You know, I know that there's so much more knowledge out there and it's hard to trying to research everything on your own so once I get to experience um EO and you know our women's group I I really see the value I really see how this helped elevate me as a business owner yeah Wonderful. Well, I thank you for everything that you do for for EO, as well as I thank you for spending time here and sharing your wisdom with the artisans out there that we work with. Um, thank you for having me today. You know, anytime I can share my ups and downs and what I've experienced, and hopefully my story resonates with um, students or you know young designer who's starting out, especially. Um, immigrants, especially people that are trying to navigate through this with language barrier. It's a scary time, right? I mean, it's already challenging enough trying to <laughs> trying to get on with the program, you know, so I, I've been there. I've, I've done that. I've, I've gone through it. So hopefully my story resonates with somebody out there. Thank you. Thank you. And Cherry, where can people find you? Um, they can find me on citizenbest.com. Um, my contact information's on there. So you can check out our website and there is a little bit of about me bio. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, Cherry Lau. I'm sure, although I'm sure there's like 10,000 or more Cherry Lau if you search. <laughs> Maybe that's not a good place to find. <laughs> Search for Citizen Best. <laughs> Search for citizenbest.com. Yes. And then contact me through there. And I, I would be more than happy to share any insights to help any designer, you know, navigating their experience. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Katty. 
You can find Cherry at、uh, citizenbest.com or on LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Artisan Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Artisan Creative, a staffing and recruitment firm specializing in creative, marketing, and digital talent. You can find us online at artisancreative.com or via social channels at Artisan Creative. We look forward to connecting.